Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here, we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss toxic relationships. In the past, what came to my mind when I thought of toxic relationships were relationships that involved physical, verbal, sexual, and emotional abuse. Over time and from personal experiences, what I have learned is that toxic comes in many different forms, shapes, and sizes. The forms of abuse I mentioned before are most certainly examples of toxic relationships, but oftentimes we may unknowingly ignore other traits that may present as normal, but are in fact toxic. Think of a person who wants to spend every waking moment with you, or someone who is charmingly jealous, or someone who confesses their dying love for you on the second date. Although these behaviors are seemingly harmless, these are some of the common unexpected signs of a budding toxic relationship. What I hope to share with you all in this episode is a broader view of toxic relationships and that toxic lies on a spectrum. I am making this claim not to defend toxic tendencies and or behaviors, but instead to offer a different perspective so that individuals can be aware of others' toxic traits as well as their own. Secondly, I hope to offer hope to those relationships that may be leaning towards a toxic path and offer that if addressed and worked on, these relationships can be healed and become healthy. In this episode, we will discuss what a toxic relationship is, power and control, toxic tendencies slash trauma, and what to do if your marriage slash relationship is toxic. For this episode, I was inspired by a few books that I've been reading that were just good stories. Um, So I read Viola Davis' memoir called Finding Me, Trevor Noah's book Born a Crime, which is old, and I just read it, and I am just starting to read Will Smith's um, memoir as well. Um, Now, in every one of these books, all of them have a running theme of abuse and toxic relationships, and 
reading these people's um, story really inspired me to talk about toxic relationships because they are very, very common in our society. And I think it's important um, as people seeking relationships and even in marriage, because there are toxic marriages, um, to know more about toxic relationships, to learn about it, to be aware of traits and tendencies and things like that. So that is what inspired me to do this episode. So first things first, what is a toxic relationship? According to psychalive.org, which is a psychology website, a toxic relationship is often characterized by repeated mutually destructive modes of relating between a couple. These patterns can involve jealousy, possessiveness, dominance, manipulation, desperation, selfishness, oh, selfishness, or rejection. So that I think that's a great definition of a toxic relationship, but I would sum up that whole definition in two words, power and control. Now, a healthy relationship is based on a mutual respect between the two partners, right? Neither of them should exert too much power over the other, and both of them should have a say when making decisions. In healthy relationships, there are clear boundaries. Each person is individual and has a say in what goes on in the relationship. In toxic relationships and unhealthy relationships, there is an imbalance in this, right? Boundaries are blurred. One person has more power than the other or more control than the other. Now, when somebody has power, they are able to make something happen. And those who have power tend to have control. Now, power and control is often discussed when addressing abusive relationships. There's all there's actually something called the dualist model, and it is a circle of power and control. And this is how they detect if you're in an abusive relationship. And there's a whole different um, different list of things that would signify, okay, that that person has power and control. And the reason why I wanted to bring this language specifically into um, this re- uh, conversation about toxic relationships relationships is because oftentimes before those relationships turn abusive, they display minor traits of power and control. For example, let's think of um, one of the examples we used above of the person who wants to spend every waking moment with you. Like you are the air that they breathe. Like I know a whole bunch of R&B songs make that seem so cute, but in reality, that can be a toxic trait. Let's think about that for a second. If you are spending every waking moment with the person, then whoever, whichever person is asking of that of the other is really exerting control over them. And I know it seems really silly, but think about it. That means that person has control over their schedule, like anything else that they may want to do, if they want to spend time with other people, maybe their family, their friends, or anything like that. That person is like, no, spend that time with me. Now it seems innocent enough, but what happens when you do decide to put your foot down and say, no, I would rather go spend time with my friends or my family or by myself. And the person may one, blow up and get angry at you, 
or they may just like get really sad and make you feel bad that, oh my gosh, like you must not love me. You must not care about me or, you know, things like that. And then all of a sudden there's a shift and that person now has power over you because they are making you stay with them and be with them every waking moment instead of you having autonomy over yourself and going about your business. Right. And in the beginning, it may seem, you know, really innocent. And it's just like, oh, well, you know what? They really just want to spend time with me. But over time, traits like this that is not addressed become very toxic. Now you've been together for two, three years and you feel isolated from your friends. You feel isolated from your family. You feel like you can't you don't have any hobbies or anything like you are just like with this person all the time. And at this moment, they're controlling you. So this is an example of what I'm trying to get at is that things that may be innocent or seemingly harmless can be toxic traits. If you are in a relationship where you feel like the power and control is not balanced, where you as an individual can bring about what you desire, what you want, what you think, all those things, then you may be in a toxic relationship. Some signs of a toxic relationships are intensity, which means like they are just over the top in love with you. Like they don't even know you that well, but they already love you. You're like the apple of their eye, you know, like all those things. Um, possessiveness, manipulation, isolation, sabotage, belittling, guilting, uh, being volatile. That means like blow off the handle, like you're normal and then you're just angry. Um, deflecting and deflecting responsibility. So the list that I just read, all these traits, all these behaviors can show up like in an extreme version, right? At the highest end of the um, spectrum, but they can also show up very subtly, right? If somebody is like manipulating by, for instance, like, oh, you're going out with your friends and like, oh man, I really wish I could come or, oh, I'm really going to miss you while you're here. That's a subtle version of manipulation, you know? And that's something that you shouldn't do (laughs) in a healthy relationship. People don't manipulate one another. They express themselves and communicate openly. So if you are in a relationship that may be presenting some of these signs, these traits, behaviors, then, and, and also if you are feeling that there is an imbalance of power, if you are feeling this way, then you may be in a toxic relationship. With that being said, I would like to mention that not every relationship that presents toxic signs is doomed for destruction. Now, before y'all stone me, all right, because I know that sounds really, really crazy. Like, why would you stay in a toxic relationship or with somebody who's toxic and all those things like that? I am not defending toxic relationships. My goal here is not to be like, hey, here's why you should stay in a toxic relationships. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that every relationship that presents toxic signs is not doomed for destruction. And this is why I think so. 
Now, I don't know if anybody else has coined this term and I haven't heard it yet. So let's just say I coined it here. I believe that there are people who have toxic tendencies. And I say toxic tendencies because unknowingly, they may have unhealthy behaviors that is creating a toxic environment for their relationship, right? And in many cases, if an individual becomes aware and is willing to work on those negative toxic behaviors, then they can have healthy relationships. Listen, a lot of us come from jacked up backgrounds, jacked up homes, jacked up situations, even jacked up past relationships. And and those breed things in us that aren't healthy. All of us in some way, shape or form have some form of toxicity, right? So if we were all thrown away for our toxic tendencies, then we would all be alone, Okay, so on the extreme side, which is like abuse and all those things, like, of course, you don't want to stay in those relationships. But on the other end of the spectrum where people are showing more toxic tendencies and they may not know, then there is hope for that relationship. Now, here is the key. Here's the difference, I think, where it turns. Now, if people become aware of their toxic tendencies and they choose not to correct it. Instead, they they just lean into that mug. They like, bruh, I like it. It gives me power. It gives me control. Then I'm going to use it and abuse it. If you become aware of your toxic tendencies and you do not correct it, it will spoil the relationship. And now you are leaning towards more abusive behavior because you are knowingly using and exerting your power and control to have the relationship in your favor. That is abuse. Now, toxic tendencies can stem from a variety of places. In the three books that I was reading, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it because I highly, highly recommend that you guys read this book. Now, if I had to choose a favorite, I'll say Viola Davis because who does not want to listen to Viola Davis read? Bruh, I'm telling you guys. Oh, that's if you listen to audiobooks. But it was really good. Anyways, back to my point. <laughs> when it comes to, in Viola Davis' case, her father was very, very physically abusive, emotionally abusive, very verbally abusive. Um, according to her... Um, narrative of this story that stemmed from the circumstance of poverty. In one of the stories, she explained how the abuse that her father would, you know, put her, her mother under often came at times when he would get paid. And the shame of the amount he made And the fact that he could not fully support his family led him to drink, which led him to be extremely abusive. So in that case, his toxic behavior came from the circumstance of poverty. This does not excuse the fact that he was abusive, but it just explains the root of the toxicity. It also, she also talks about how, um, her father was, um, you know, had a, 
rough upbringing, but she didn't really know too much about his upbringing, but she knew about, um, his work life and the shame that he felt and how the family was in extreme poverty. Now in Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime, he discusses how the toxicity that his stepfather spewed came from the environment. In South Africa, there's very much a hierarchy of, you know, men are in charge, men are the boss, you know, the patriarchy, and that environment bred toxicity. Again, not to spoil it, but he talks about how in, in, during times where his mother would um, go to the police and say, Hey, this man is putting his hands on me. They would be like, Oh, you need to go home. You know, what did you do to make him mad? Oh no, that's a family issue. And they simply refused, absolutely a hundred percent refused to allow her to press charges on that man. And that was because he was the husband and that was his role. And he further goes on to explain that, um, his stepfather was raised in a tribe because they were in the city of South in South Africa, but in the country where his tribe was, it was extremely patriarchal. The men did not cook. They didn't clean. They didn't do anything that was domesticated in any sense of the word. So in that sense, his stepfather's toxicity stemmed from the environment. Now, Will Smith, his father was also verbally abusive and, um, physically abusive and for him now based this is my own assumption based off what I've read so far I believe that he had extreme anger issues and probably some uh, well unresolved anger issues and definitely probably some mental health issues and that's another way where toxicity can come can stem from mental health issues some people have depression some people have bipolar disorder some people have like these serious type of mental health issues that is causing toxic behavior and therefore toxic relationships. So I say all of that to raise your level of awareness. If you feel like you may have toxic tendencies, it is important for you to realize where that may be stemming from. In some cases, your toxic traits may be coming from circumstances such as poverty or maybe a very stressful job, or you may be having some toxic tendencies because you learned it in your past, in your childhood, right? So maybe um, your parents were in some form of abusive relationship, or in other previous relationships, you know, there was a toxic relationship and you picked up some traits or a way to protect yourself. And therefore that's how you, you know, move on into other relationships, or you simply may have a mental health issue, or you may simply have something going on with you that is beyond just circumstance or environment or things like that. You may need to see a therapist and be just diagnosed with bipolar disorder or depressive um, disorder or anxiety disorder, or, you know, these different things. These things are real. They exist and they absolutely affect our relationships and how toxic they are. So for a moment, let's focus on the toxic tendencies that stem from your childhood, right? From trauma or um, from the environment that you had. Now, these are the things I think that usually go undetectable. For example, let's say that you were raised in an abusive home. You were underprotected 
by the person who is supposed to care for you, love you, and create a safe environment. And therefore, at the time where you were supposed to be developing and gaining confidence and a strong self-esteem, you were belittled and, you know, left, left out to the wolves and really to fend for yourself. So now as an adult, you seek relationships that make you feel safe and you may become codependent. You seek that so much to the point where you are willing to forsake everything that you want, desire, or need just so that you're with a person that makes you feel good. And the reason why something like this is so dangerous, although it may seem uh, harmless, right? Because you just want to be with a person who makes you feel safe, is that it creates an imbalance of power and control. You allow that person to have power over you or control over you because you have no thoughts, you have no opinions, you have no ideas because you want to feel safe or you want to feel loved or you want them to, you know, esteem you. Now, what happens when you get into a relationship with a person who you think was safe and who loved you, but instead is exerting power and control over you? What you have is a toxic relationship. So that toxic tendency that you got from your childhood, from your trauma is now affecting your current relationship. I experienced this as well early on in my marriage. I hadn't realized that there were some things from my own past that I brought, well, from my childhood that I brought into my marriage that was actually toxic. And um, I told this story before, but it was really about um, abandonment issues, right? I had abandonment issues and, and, and those abandonment issues really started to turn into toxic tendencies because... When I was unaware of this behavior, I would try to control the situation so I don't feel abandoned. So I would ask my husband to, you know, not leave me, you know, in the store and, you know, make sure that he's right there and on time after work and all these different type of things. And eventually what happened was Junior had began to walk on eggshells and, you know, you know, make sure that he was there at a certain place and at a certain time and, you know, so that I can see him and all those things. So although I was unaware that I was creating a toxic environment for my husband, because now I have, I'm exerting control over him. Like, hey, make sure you're here, make sure you're there, all those different things. It's ultimately control. And he's walking on eggshells and that is not a healthy relationship. So my toxic tendency was creating a toxic relationship. When I became aware of what I was doing, I then had a responsibility to address it, heal it, resolve it, whatever I needed to do in order to create a healthy environment for my relationship. If you believe you may have some toxic tendencies, and most of us do, it's very important that you uh, find out where that toxic behavior, those toxic traits are stemming from, you know, increase your awareness and try your best to resolve it so that you can create an environment, a healthy environment for your relationship to grow and to thrive. So what do I do if I am in a relationship that is toxic or if I am in a marriage that is toxic? We discussed previously 
that toxic relationship can stem from toxic tendencies that may have come from so many different scenarios. However, sometimes toxic relationships are created in the relationship itself. A lot of times relationships starts with love and happiness and all those good feeling emotions. However, in one way or another, the relationship can become toxic because of specific behaviors from the relationship. For example, maybe if somebody cheated or if there was another type of betrayal, maybe financial issues, a lack of communication, a lack of trust, all these different things can create a toxic environment and create a toxic relationship. So can a toxic marriage be saved? And the answer is not a one size fits all. Sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. So the first thing that needs to be done if you are in a toxic relationship or a toxic marriage is you have to recognize that you are in a toxic relationship. So if you're listening to this podcast, you heard some of these signs, you realize that your relationship is dragging you down, that, you know, there's more negative um, times than positive times and all the many signs that I discuss in this podcast, then that can count as an acknowledgement of a toxic relationship. Now, the next thing is that both individuals have to make an honest commitment to saving the relationship or the marriage. It takes two to tango in this case. If both individuals are not making concerted effort to create a healthy relationship, then the relationship is not going to work. Here are some quick tips to help you address your toxic relationship once both partners have decided that, okay, we want to fix this. The first thing is to use your voice, right? Um, Start communicating more. Like I mentioned before, toxic relationships have a um, an imbalance of power and control. So it's very important that you speak up about um, problems and conflicts and you know things like that. Or if you're the person who's always talking, it's maybe time to start listening with compassion and empathy um, and let the other person talk. Um, another tip is. Another tip is to practice self-care. Now, this seems, you know, like counterintuitive, like, okay, you're talking about fixing the relationship. Why is practicing self-care important? Sometimes we neglect ourselves to serve the relationship, which ends up actually being a detriment to the relationship. It's important that we spend time with ourselves, learning ourselves and things that, um, doing things that we enjoy, such as hobbies, so that we can create some sense of self-esteem, confidence, some have some form of individuality, strength, you know, and, and if we're not doing that and we're just codependent in the relationship, then again, where everything is about the relationship, every um, aspect is about the partner. And again, that's unhealthy. So, and creates toxic relationship. So it's very important that you practice self-care and uh, work on yourself, your self-esteem, things like that. Another tip is start setting boundaries. Setting boundaries expresses to other people that you value yourself. 
when we set boundaries, we're less angry and resentful because our needs are getting met. So boundaries make our expectations clear so that the other person knows what to expect from us and how we want to be treated. These are like one of the foundations of healthy relationships. Lastly, of course, this is black marriage therapy, is seek help. Get help. Um, that can mean a um, a mentor marriage, like maybe somebody, maybe there's a couple that you know that they have a really healthy relationship and they may be able to help you guys work some things out. Or um, you can you know, obviously seek a therapist. You can seek, um, help from your church. Um, they even have like community groups and like different resources where you can get help for your relationship, for your marriage and how to build it and become more healthy. Before we end, I want to make a clear distinction between abuse and toxicity. Oftentimes, toxicity leads to abuse, but they are not exactly the same thing. Oftentimes in toxic relationships, the behaviors or the traits or the tendencies may be unknowingly happening. But in abusive relationships, usually there's an intentional um effort to have power and control over a person. In this case, you are in a health unhealthy relationship, one, but you are also in danger. If you are in an abusive relationship, I cannot stress it enough for you to leave. I know that you may have heard that so many times, but I just wanted to say one more time, just in case this is the time. The statistics show that it takes at least seven times before uh, people who are being abused leave their relationships. But I cannot leave this conversation on toxic relationships without urging those who may be in abusive relationships to seek help as soon as possible. If you believe that you may be in an abusive relationship, you can call 800-799-SAFE or visit thehotline.org. To end this episode, I would like to share a quote with you all by Farah Ayad. Healthy people don't stay in unhealthy romantic relationships. Healthy people don't ignore red flags when they're falling for someone. They acknowledge the flags like there's no tomorrow. Healthy people don't let go of their boundaries because they make the person they are interested in uncomfortable. They stick to them. Healthy people aren't passive aggressive with their partners. They communicate effectively and affectionately. Healthy people don't change their identity because their partner doesn't like it. They stay true to who they are. Healthy people don't tolerate abuse from their partner because they love them. They leave them instead. A healthy relationship doesn't drag you down. It inspires you to be better. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. Remember, all books, studies, or websites mentioned will be in the show notes. If you haven't yet, followed us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. See you again soon.